everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour, the hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I've got some great magic for you today. I have got the author and witch, Matt Oren, author of this beautiful new book, Mastering Magic, a course in spellcasting for the psychic witch, which I know a whole lot of you are. So before we bring on Matt, and you're going to love him, where's Patty? Yep. I have to look this up so I know, so I can tell you. So if you are listening to this on the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, November 21st, 2022. Yes, the month is almost over. Yes, the year is almost over. Oh my goodness, what did it happen? But if you are listening to a first drop, I'm in Australia. Yep, I am on the other side of the planet from most of us and reversing all my go clockwise to add and counterclockwise to remove because it's all opposite down there. Um, everything from the toilet flesh on up, but positive magic going forward, releasing magic going backwards is all reversed. And I even think the seasons are reversed. I am sure I'm having a great time and I'll tell you all about it next week when I get back. But for now, I have no classes and there's nothing you can join me in Australia. This is a private sessions, private work, but I'm sure I'm having a great time and I'm gonna find some great magic to tell you about. So no classes this week, but what we do have is Thanksgiving. Beautiful Thanksgiving. So I wish you the best Thanksgiving. And to me, Thanksgiving, we don't have to get political what it is and what it isn't because there is a Native American day on Friday. Um, but just be thankful, be gratitude for what you have, whether it's a family dinner, whether you're by yourself, whether you have your own created family. And we're going to talk about that in the magic today. Create Thanksgiving. And if you didn't have anybody to do Thanksgiving for, this is the perfect day to go help somebody else who doesn't have somebody to give Thanksgiving for. There's big shelters doing big Thanksgiving dinners, best meals at churches and synagogues and homeless centers everywhere. So there's lots to be thankful for. And there's lots to be grateful for. So we should do it every day. And we're going to talk about that. But this week, do it extra special and then maybe sit down and have a meal with some people that you love. Or maybe some people you don't even know and you're going to learn to love. Or that you can make their day or their week or their month. But other than that, that's it. Next week, sign up now if you haven't. If you're in Dallas area or you can get there. I will be at Miracles of Joy the weekend of the 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Uh, Miracles of Joy in Louisville. You could take one workshop, two workshops, um, private sessions, seances, kind of mix and match Chinese menu. And the next day on Monday, I'm going to be at a venue center, which I still can't pronounce. And it's really, it's, but it's, we're going to put it up there with Trisha Seymour on the other side of Dallas, which I'm going to be doing private readings and a seance and maybe a workshop. So check it out. Um, we put up the, there's it is, because I can't say it. I'm so bad. Um, but that's where Patty is. So happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hi again. Guess what time it is? Yep. It is time for the Willow Report. And today, again, we have the special guest of Grace, Willow's little sister, her little kitten sister. And I just woke them both up from a nap. And I want to talk about the Willow Report today is it is a holiday weekend. A lot of people have an extra day or two off. It is a day of 
football watching and dining and family and friends. So take that extra time to play with your babies. Give them treats. As I always say, give them a little extra attention. Don't let them get any poultry bones. Poultry bones are very bad for them. And then take a nap with them. I have to tell you, my husband had a gig last night. He had a gig tonight. And he just went in the other room to take a little nap. They were both wrapped in his arms. And what's better than that? If you're watching your favorite football team and you have your baby by your side, <laughs> that's it. Short and swimple. Go hug your fur babies. Ow! And cut their nails as needed because this is a wild one. <laughs> that's the Willow Report. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Bye, Grace. Ow! <laughs> I love them. Bye. Okay, for this week's magic or spell crafting, we're going to talk about gratitude and giving thanks for whatever that is. Um, gratitude in itself, I know it's a big buzzword night now. People are doing gratitude journals and people gratitude boards, and there's a reason for that. It's because they really, really work. They really work. When we focus on what's good in our life and what we have, it actually increases. And amazingly, science is even proving it. Um, gratitude can transform common days into Thanksgivings of any time of year. It honestly helps you with your blessings and creating your blessings because where you focus is where you live is what grows. In there's actually some psych psychologists and doctors and MD doctors who've proved it actually makes you healthier. You can sleep better. You could have a healthier, better life. And that's plain old science. So let's be thankful for what we do. In this silly world, we're always talking about what didn't work and what isn't working and where it isn't going and what's wrong and what's wrong. And that's what grows. And that's where the spotlight is. What if we instead go what is working, even if it's one tiny minute in a 24-hour day? If we focus on that one tiny minute, that minute will grow. And those other three at 23 hours get smaller and smaller and smaller, or however many hours that is. We all know the glass half empty, glass half full, where you put your focus is where you is what grows and lives. My favorite one though, and I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again, most of you know it and you still could use a reminder and if you don't, I like the Native American version because again, also this week is Native American Appreciation Day to offset Thanksgiving if we go political with that. But let's do the two wolves story, shall we? Everybody has two wolves at their door. Again, this isn't mine. Everybody has two wolves at their door, but we only have room for one wolf. We only have one. We have two wolves. One wolf is everything negative in our life, real or perceived. I don't have enough time. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. I don't have enough money. I don't like my Everything negative, real or perceived in our life. The other wolf is everything good in our life, real or perceived. I'm alive. I have fingers. I have everything. I do have a home, even if I don't. Everything good in our life. Both wolves are sitting outside your front door. Which wolf lives? Some of you know the answer, which wolf lives? Now, a lot of people go, the good wolf with hope and whatever. Or a lot of people just go, the bad wolf, right? I'll tell you what wolf lives. The wolf you feed. Light bulb. That's much better than the glass half empty, glass half full. And then if you've ever fed a steak, 
And any of you who have ever fed a stray cat, the one you feed hangs out, hangs around. The one you don't feed goes away, dissipates. So feed that good wolf. It'll get a pretty coat, strong and be great. And the other wolf just dissipates and goes away. And I just like that analogy of thinking about it because my issue is time. It is time I overbook myself. I think there's 28,000 hours in a day. So I will catch myself sometimes midday going, oh, I don't have enough time for this. And I don't have enough time for that. And I don't have enough time for this. And I don't have enough. I'm feeding the bad wolf right now. I'm feeding the bad wolf all the things I don't have time for. And then I go. I do have time for this. And I do this. And guess what? All of a sudden, now I have time to get all these other things done, or a lot more of them, that's feeding the good wolf. Not what I don't have time, but I don't have this. I have time to do this. You put your energy there, you put your focus there, you're gonna get 10 times more done. It just works like that. So remember, feed the good wolf, glass half full, however you wanna say it, but it changes everything. Action, cause and effect, action, reaction, karma, whatever you want to call it, it works. Now, there's lots of easy ways to do that. Like I said, gratitude journals really do work. Um, the dream, My dream school technique that I talk about when I say, you know, just write for two minutes in the morning. What if you start out with what you're grateful for? I am grateful that I slept three hours, five hours, 10 hours. I'm grateful I had a bed. I am grateful that I have a job to go to. I'm grateful that this kitten sitting on my head, whatever that is. Maybe it's a good way to end the day. At the end of the day, you take a look back. It takes 30 seconds, kids. Everybody can find 30 seconds going, okay, um, I maybe had a rough day. I had this, but what I'm grateful for today is this or that. I got all green lights on the way to work. You know, somebody said they liked my dress. It doesn't matter. If we say what we're grateful for, the spotlight goes there and that grows. And when magic happens. That's how it is. So feed the good wolf, do a gratitude journal, even just two seconds in the morning and two seconds at night, say what you're grateful for. Follow moon cycles, adding in the waxing, releasing in the waning. Even with the, you could do a whole month of gratitude and Thanksgiving. There's endless possibilities, but it's a week of Thanksgiving. So let's make it a lifetime of Thanksgiving. Let's make it a daily practice. At least try to remember it. Feed the good wolf. They're really pretty. Anyway, that's it. I'm grateful for you guys. I am grateful that you turn into this podcast. I am grateful that this means you are people who are taking your life into your own hands. You are driving your own boat through life and not being victim of the winds. And that makes me happier than anything else. I am Patty Negri. I am grateful when you subscribe to my newsletter. I am grateful when you watch this. I'm grateful when you come on Wednesdays to watch the Witches Movie Coven and play with movies with me and my fellow movie witches. Um, I'm grateful when you come to my classes at University Magicus. I'm grateful when you subscribe to Paraflix. I'm grateful when you come to my events all over the country and all over the world. I'm just grateful for life. And more than anything, I'm just grateful for you. So thank you. Thank you. Magic is everywhere. You just have to remember to look at it sometimes. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. This is Patty Negri and welcome to the witching hour. Yes, that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. 
usually late at night, but now it's whenever you happen to be tuning into this podcast. And my magic is in my beautiful, magical, amazing guests. And I have a really great one for you today. I'm just meeting him myself for the first time, and I think you're going to love him like I am. So let me introduce you to Matt Oren. He is a witch, professional psychic, and occult teacher. He is the best-selling author of Psychic Witch and High Priest in the Sacred Fires Tradition of Witchcraft. He runs a blog for Puck's Sake on Pathos Pagan and is a content creator for the Modern Witch blog and has column in both Witches and Pagans and Horns magazines. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Patty. It's so great to be here. I am just thrilled with you. I again, I just literally received your book like two hours ago, the new one. It's beautiful, Mastering Magic. Um, and as my producer knows, I will. I'm totally going to fangirl out. I want to find out all about you and I want to find your path and how you got there. But the first thing I thought when I fell in love with you is that you opened up with a quote from Scott Cunningham. Um, and I, I, when I was a baby witch decades and decades ago, he was my intro to everything. He is one that made me fall in love with the craft, with magic, with elemental magic, with spell casting, his simplicity. And so I even stylized my book after something that Scott would like and approve of. And here you are opening with that in your beautiful book. So um, I just wanted to open with that. So you could say, why did you even do that? And yeah. then you could tell me who you are. <laughs> yeah, so um, Scott is very important to me. Um, I consider him an ancestor in the sense that he's an ancestor of my spiritual practice, like a spiritual elder who's gone, but also an ancestor of the vocation I do as a witchcraft author and a witchcraft writer. So I work with him a lot, um, magically, ancestrally. And um, he started coming to me in dreams and stuff. And somehow I connected with his sister without realizing it. And once I found out that she was his sister, um, you know, I, I reluctantly told her some of the dreams I had. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's Scott. That's totally Scott, like, no question. Um, and we, we kind of hit it off. And she has a book coming out soon from Wiser um, that is sort of a tell-all biography, um, including stuff that has been kind of like hushed-hushed for a while. And um, she honored me by asking me to write the foreword to that. So um, wow. Scott, Scott is someone that I feel assists me in my writing, um, especially as a Llewellyn author, since he was a Llewellyn author. Yeah. Um, so this book I wanted to dedicate to him. The first book, Psychic Witch, I dedicated to Raven Gramassi because he had just passed away and he was uh, someone that I looked up to and someone I would go to for insight and counsel and guidance and stuff like that. So, Oh, that is beautiful. Um, so tell us a little bit before you get to your book about your path. How did you end up here, this pagan, beautiful witchcraft leader of the world? <laughs> okay, so that's actually how I open up the book Mastering Magic. So I was a foster care kid and I was raised um in a very strict evangelical household um once i finally got out of the system and i was with my grandfather and um he was a bit abusive like mentally and physically and there was a period of time where he forced me to stay in my bed without electricity for like three days when i was in like first second grade or something which is like horrible to do to a kid but it opened something in me because I had nothing to do except my, I had my mind 
and that was it. So I started realizing that like, you know, like if I put my hands together, there was like this magnetic force that felt like it was kind of pushing itself, right? And um, I would start, you know, contemplating like, what's it like to fall asleep? Um, like, how do I go from waking consciousness to sleeping consciousness? So I, I started having like these experiences and these thoughts from that kind of um, traumatic experience that made me start questioning my upbringing and my path. Um, and then I saw the movie, The Craft, I'm a Millennial. And I decided to look up anything I could on witchcraft. And I came across Silver Ravenwolf and I came across Scott Cunningham. And those were my gateways into witchcraft. And um, I don't remember like the first spell that I dabbled in or whatever, but I do remember the first one that undeniably worked. Um, it was a couple years later and Silver Ravenwolf came out with a book called Teen Witch, which was Wicca for for younger people. And I had it and tried a spell in it called the bullfrog bully spell to, to get a bully to stop. And I cast that on my grandfather. And he came in one day um, with his belt, like ready to like beat me for whatever. And suddenly, like it was literally like a couple days after I cast the spell, he, he went like this and he just paused. And it was like a shift occurred on him and he just, put his, his belt down and he was like, I can't even beat sense into you. So he, he walked out of the room. And so I prayed to the goddess. Um, that was my understanding at the time, just the goddess. And I, I prayed to get out of this situation because the thing that my grandfather would do was he would threaten me with, oh, I'll call your social worker and get you back in the system. And that scared me more than anything um, that he could do. Um, but he ended up calling my social worker and it happened synchronistically that my uncle had already contacted child protective services and said that my dad's getting his life together. And if anything were to happen with my grandfather, like if he were to pass or something that he'd be more than willing to take me in until my dad could get custody. So everything just lined up weirdly to where I was able to escape that situation. And um, the book goes more in depth into it, but this created a passion in me, you know, this realization that I could use magic at the most powerless point in my life to change my whole circumstance and my whole life and find empowerment. So this put me on a long spiritual quest and, um, you know, I put witchcraft away for a couple of years, like in high school. Um, but then I came back to it through books and then I moved to Massachusetts and I started studying with, um, Christopher Penzak and the Temple of Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And then I studied with Lori Cabot and the Cabot tradition. And, um, I was a psychic reader in her shop, like literally right next to Lori, which was great because I could also during breaks kind of go talk to her and learn kind of inside, you know, psychic um, tips and, you know, um, it was, it was an amazing experience. And, um, I just started doing workshops and writing a blog. And then eventually Llewellyn was like, Hey, like, when are you going to submit a book to us? Um, mm -hmm. and I did, and it was wildly popular beyond my expectations. So, and that was, yes, yeah. Yes, speaking from knowledge, I know that you're like their top author. So I do know that because we were told that it's beautiful. 
So I was what your book is doing right now. Um, and again, it is a beautiful book. So that's a beautiful path to get there. And ending up in Massachusetts with, with, with Christopher and Laura, that's what better. Right, um, right. You ended up back in California, right? You're in the North Bay Area now. So that's yeah. I'm in the Bay Area now, um, and I um, am devoted to uh, teaching within my tradition, Sacred Fires, which is a little bit more closed to the public. Um, we have an outer court system called Black Rose Witchcraft um, that anyone can learn and join and learn the ins and outs of witchcraft. Um, but Sacred Fires is a little bit more selective because we work like a mentorship thing like one-on-one -on -one throughout like a couple years so um like an initiation program of some sort yeah yes yes but it's like an intense mentorship um so hopefully you know once we can get more initiates and people up to the level to be the mentors um we can try to expand that a bit Okay, so tell us a little bit about this beautiful new book. It looks great to me. Mastering Magic, A Course in Spellcrafting for the Psychic Witch. So yes. what's this about? So this is the exact opposite of my first book. So my first book, which I have right here, Psychic Witch, this book was all about awakening those inner faculties um, to empower your magic. So the book requires no tools. It's all about learning how to awaken all your senses. So clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairtangency, all of that, strengthen it, develop it, and then reverse engineer that to be able to do magic on the spot with nothing but your mind. So mastering magic is the flip side of that. So it's all about mm. casting magic to awaken your senses and become more psychic. So it kind of creates like a feedback loop where you're sort of just strengthening and strengthening um, your power for lack of a better word. Um, this book, I had a lot of amazing contributors to it because um, I wanted to see what different magical practitioners and different um, witches and occultists did for you know spell casting to awaken those psychic faculties. Um, because I, I felt with Psychic Witch, one of the things that um, has been kind of overlooked is that psychic development. Um, when we look at like really like, like our foremothers, right? Like we look at Doreen Valiente and we look at Dion Fortune, they put such a strong emphasis on the mind and the power of the mind and, you know, um, strengthening those faculties. So um, I wanted to kind of bring that back in. Uh, Mastering Magic goes into the energetics of magical theory. Um, so things such as shapes. So, you know, we're used to casting a magical circle, but why and when would you cast a triangle or a square or the crossroads, you know? Um, it goes into things like, uh, it goes deeper into planetary energies so normally you know we associate planets like venus is for love and jupiter is for like money um but i go into like the archetypal energy of those things and how you can apply it to anything magically or psychically so like venus draws you can use venetian power and tap into that to draw anything including money um i it's just sort of like um these books are the things that i felt were gaps that I saw missing in a lot of the um, the discourse that I see in witchcraft and teaching witchcraft. 
And one of the big feedbacks with Psychic Witch was um, because it is so visualization heavy. I had a lot of people, you know, say I have ADHD, I can't focus, or I have aphantasia, which is the inability or the difficulty to visualize on command. So for me as a teacher, that presents a problem, right? It's a problem not with them, but a problem with how I'm teaching. And so I wanted to solve that. So I, I went through a bunch of really dry, boring medical uh, books um, and, and papers. And then I assembled a team of people that were neurodivergent, um, that were practicing witches. Um, so people with ADHD, people with aphantasia, people with other um, uh, neurodivergencies. And I came up with like a whole set of exercises and I presented it to them. And not all of it made it into the book. What has made it into the book were the things that worked almost across the board. So, you know, it's my way of sort of being like, you know, okay, so if these things are, are difficult or impossible, because some people it is impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, here is another way in, because I don't feel that anyone should be barred from the craft because of a disability, a neurodivergency, or just, you know, being different. Right. I And I, that is beautiful. And I don't think that is addressed enough. And that is I've heard the word neurodivergent more in the, I mean, you know, it's a newer word in so much. It's um, yeah, I hear the word so much. And it's people, I mean, people, my, some of my best friends are like, well, I knew th they work around how to get in the door. I knew that I could never have a regular job or work for somebody regular. So I created my own thing where I work. It is a whole different line for those of us who aren't different understanding. So I haven't right. seen anybody who's, you know, um, gone in towards the craft like that. So that's br brilliant. Yeah. So, and like the whole point of mastering magic, because both Mastery Magic and Psychic Witch, I got the title and I, I also get like the image of, of the cover and I send it to Llewellyn and they recreate it, but I get that stuff from dreams and I believe that I receive it from spirits. So when I got Mastery Magic, I was super intimidating, like what an intimidating title to like, you know, name your book. But the book isn't about being a master in the sense of knowing everything about the craft or, you know, being at the top of like power or knowledge or status or whatever regarding witchcraft. It's about mastering the magic in your life. And to master the magic in your life, you have to personally connect to it. So if you're doing something over and over because you're told this is how you're supposed to do it, but you can't do it and you're not connecting, it, it's kind of pointless. So we need to find ways to make it work for you because it is your magical practice. It's your spiritual path. Um, and I believe that you know, we're all unique, you know, spiritually. I mean, we know that we're all unique mentally. We all learn differently. Some are visual, some are kinesthetic. So it's all about like personalizing that craft and making it something that works for you so that you have mastery of the magic in your own life. That's beautiful. And I see in the book, you have like different exercises and things for people to do. So it's kind of like, not quite workbook like, but it really is spells, formulations, exercises. Yeah. So, yeah. What I'm, are some I'm, of the things? Go on. Oh, I'm I'm very hands on in my my writing. So this one has actually less exercises than um, Psychic Witch. Psychic Witch had ninety three exercises. I think wow. this has like sixty or fifty something. Um, and a lot of those are also contributions from 
other people here and there. Like um, Christopher Penzak wrote something, uh, Juliet Diaz, Madame Pamita, Judica Illes. You know, I just reached out to all my friends that I respect and I was like, hey, can you contribute something like related to this topic? Um, because, you know, I, I feel like magic should be done and it's, it's easier to learn with exercises than just learn from like reading about it. Yeah. No, I agree. And that makes it part of your life. What you said, you have to live your magic. Not, I do this and right. then I live my life and then I do that. That's my thing to just be, just do, just, uh, you know, incorporate yeah. it into who you are. And uh, that's the magician. That's yeah. Yeah, and when I, I um, say something very similar in my book. So I talk about how mastery is this, in the sense that I'm using it, it's this point that when you work with magic, um, you start seeing magic in everything. So not just yourself, not just other people, not just you know nature and plants, you see it in everything. And then suddenly it just becomes your life and you just realize that life is magic and it's sort of a, a mystery with a capital m of that occurring where you just sort of click and you are magical like you know without even doing formal spells or stuff of that nature um of course spells are going to um be your your big guns so to speak um but yeah i mean like i and many people i know you know there's there's a lot of times where we don't even have to cast spells you know, sometimes things are solved for us before we're even aware of it being a problem, you know? And I just think that's that's part of like what you're saying about like living your craft. But to get to that point, you, you know, you do have to find these spiritual practices that work for you and that you personally relate to. That's beautiful. So what are some, a couple like ideas or for somebody that got, okay, I'm maybe new to this craft or it's a new path for me. Um, some things for other than get this book or get the other book, get them both. But some things for people like, is it an awareness thing of your day-to-day -day life? Is it waking up? What are some of the like simple practices you would recommend to somebody to just get started? Yeah, I mean, aside from, let's say you're not buying my books because my books are totally like for that. Um, but one of the things I really try to drive home with Mastery Magic is I'm an animist. So I believe that everything has its own inherent spirit and its own inherent energy. And that energy is intelligent, so I refer to it as spirit. Um, so one of the things that I think is very beneficial to sort of get in that flow is to just start acknowledging things as a spiritual entity. And I think plants are a great way to start, um, crystals, but then it, it just kind of goes into everything because, yeah. you know, um, at the core, you know, um, one of the great mysteries I reveal of witchcraft is this idea that we're all one. And it's super simple, like we all know this, you know, the one is all and, we're all part of the one, um, but it takes on different significance once you experience it. And one of the ways you experience it is by genuinely trying to connect, not just with other people, but with trying to find the life force within everything. Um, because for me, I define witchcraft as the art of uh, relationship. So it's all about um, forming relationship with spirit and then making a contract, an agreement to create change. 
Um, but that spirit can be the spirit within you. It can be, you know, an, an external spirit. It can be the spirit in a rock, in a river, in a tree. Um, but boiled down, that's usually how I define witchcraft. So I think just that sort of going day to day and acknowledging things as having spirit. Um, one of the things I used to do, I think I put it in this book, um, is I would go on walks and every time I'd come by a tree, I would just acknowledge it and I would thank it for what it does in our world. And I would send it blessings, you know, and, and it's super simple. It's just like, you know, like, like, thank you, bless you, you know, keep doing your thing. Um, yeah. And this creates um, a, an energy of gratitude, which is super, I don't know why, but it's super powerful when it comes to manifestation. Um, but it also creates a form of connection. I also think it kind of helps you to sort of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, introduce yourself to the realm of nature spirits and plant yeah. spirits and stuff of that nature just by introducing yourself. You know, um, flattery gets you everywhere in the spirit world, um, including plants and, you know, sending them a blessing. Yeah, I agree. Whole, I knew I was going to love you. I am the same. And what do you, my thoughts on this, and I bring this up, is that I, I'm thrilled that there's a new awareness of, of magic and Elm, besides the fact that it's empowering belief system versus a disempowering belief system, right. but getting in touch with nature and nature spirits, I think is so needed right now yes. for our planet. It's like yes. having your eyes on the skies is great, but we got to bring it down. We got to love and yes. bless and respect those trees to save them. Yes. You and know. at the, the beginning of Mastery Magic, you know, I, I think it's in my introduction or chapter one. I think it's my introduction. I talk about essentially like why I'm doing this work, you know, aside from wanting to empower people and have them change their lives. But it's more than just having them change their own lives. You know, there's so much wrong with the world. And, you know, we've been seeing it increasing in the last couple of years, you know, like last four, five, eight years. And, um, you know, when we look at the old lore of witchcraft, usually the, um, in, in at least Western witchcraft, um, the mythos that is given is that witchcraft is given as a tool of empowerment to help with, you know, things that are out of our control, whether it's oppressive religion or oppressive government or, you know, bigotry or like, you know, it is just essentially like, like we have Aradia, we have Circe, we have, you know, all these myths of, you know, a figure coming to, to gift us witchcraft, not just to enhance our life, but to enhance the world. And that ties into another thing that I talk about in the book, which is the witch's focus on sovereignty. And um, sovereignty in witchcraft is all about recognizing it's not about just becoming powerful and becoming empowered. Sovereignty is then recognizing how your power is used and the effect it has on everyone in your life and that ripple effect. Um, so it's what differentiates you from being um, a sovereign versus being a tyrant. Um, uh, mm -hmm. You know, because a good sovereign, a good king, a good queen is is not just concerned about themselves. They're concerned about their power use is about changing their their area of influence for the better. Um, and I believe at my core that that's what magic can do. Um, and I think just doing inner work um, and 
becoming empowered and, you know, doing that shadow work, really um, becoming a better person and, and being better towards other people. As unmagical as it sounds, that's one of the most magical things we can do. Because I think like genuinely, sincerely empathetic humans seems to be as rare as, you know, witches were back in the day and the world needs a lot more of them and if we have these type of people who can have a focus and cast magic on things to help the environment to shift uh politics to balance the playing field for marginalized and oppressed people, whether that's women's rights or, you know, gay rights or, you know, whatever, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. And I want people empowered and I want people to sort of take the steering wheel back and get our planet back on course. So, sorry, I just got on my soapbox. No, good. <laughs> I, my soapbox. It's my, I started you, I put you there because I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> You know, and we had to get this awareness and we, we, we just have to. And um, yeah, times are scary. So people, you know, what I always say, people go, you olden days would go back to whatever their traditional religion was, go church, temple, whatever. That's not keeping up with everyone and that's not working. So they're finding new age ways or pagan ways or witchy ways or whatever. And I even take it the next level. Those who don't even want that, they're, they're becoming paranormal investigators, my other world, but that's okay because they just want to know there's something more than this that you see. And right. then it takes responsibility. Uh, you know, I just think that there's, there's two great powers in the world. It's not good and evil. It's not right and wrong. It's not love and hate. It's love and fear. And, Every, everything we've been pushed by fear for so long and love is always empowering so what you're talking about is coming from that compassion place and love which empowers everybody absolutely and i think just as, just as <laughs> devastating as fear is apathy as well and that's something yeah. we need to wake people up from yeah yeah which well, how do you feel about the pandemic we're this exact same page, you know, you write with this color ink, I write with that color, it's all the same. Um, so what do you think about the, this whole pandemic, what we're hopefully coming out of? Do you think that led to some of this? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think it's definitely a factor. Um, I think there were a lot of things leading up to the pandemic and I felt like the pandemic was sort of um, like the, the tipping point for a lot of things. And like you were saying, um, you know, historically, when nothing else worked, people would go to the witches, they would go to the sorcerers when they were desperate. Um, you know, I'm taking a great course um, by Jack Grail on the Greek magical papyri. And it's all about like, you know, the sorcery of that time. And one of the things I didn't realize was how outlawed magic was, you know, because I had this kind of idea that like, oh, the Greeks were all magical, you know, and that wasn't the case. Like they would crucify you. They would burn you alive if they caught you doing it. So for someone to go to a sorcerer, they had to be desperate, you know, they had to. And I think like as as a culture, we are desperate. And I think that atheism isn't really working for everyone. And I think we're realizing that a lot of these mainstream religious institutions have failed us. Um, and I think just sort of 
going into like a Thelemic um, sort of Aeon of Horus or a new age sort of age of Aquarius, you know, we, we sort of have this realization that it's not about giving your power away. It's about being empowered and using that power to empower others as well. Um, so that we're not all on our knees, you know, just kind of like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about the environment. There's nothing we can do about the government, you know, um, no, we're the only ones who can. And, and, and oh my gosh, same, I just spent the weekend with Jack Grail a, a, oh. a few weeks ago at a thing oh. in Massachusetts. With, he was telling me that. Yeah, him and Jeff were both telling me about that. Yeah, he and Jeff and myself. And I'm like, school girl of candy. This is so yeah. great. With, Those are my so, boys. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Oh, love them. Love them. And now, so now you get to be there. Yay! <laughs> Um, so anyway, to let people know, I time flies. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to have you back, especially once I read the book. Um, yeah. so I could ask you more about it. But tell people where they can find you, what you have coming up, anything like that. Okay, yeah. Um, you can find me at mattwarren.com, um, spelled like it is on the screen with one T. Um, I'm on social media, pretty much every social media I'm at, and then Matt Warren. Um, I you know, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm pretty much everywhere that has a social media. Um, we do have um, an event that we we curate every year, um, an online event called the Official Witches Sabbath, which is coming up. Uh, this year's speakers are Sarita Dieste, Christopher Penzak, Jason Mankey, and um, uh, Emma, oh, her name's slipping me. Um, Oh, it's a new author, but it's going to be great. Um, so, uh, so how do people find out about that? Yeah, so um, you can go to uh, modernwitch.com um, and learn more about that, or just even Google the official witches Sabbath, and it should come up. Okay, that is beautiful. So check out his website, like him, follow him on social media, and what where do you get? They get your books. Pretty much Everywhere anywhere possible. books are sold. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, most um, occult bookshops, metaphysical bookshops carry it. Anyone who carries Llewellyn, which is pretty much everyone, um, you can either pick up the book there or ask them to order it. Okay, and do that. Go to your stores if you can. I just always say that. Amazon's great, we live on Amazon, but go to your stores if you can. Yeah, yeah, support your brick and mortars. Yeah, put your brick and mortar. So um, anyway, thank you so much for bringing your magic. I just, I've fallen in love with you, your magic, your belief system. I can't wait to really sit down with this great book. So any last words for anybody that you want to do before we go? Um, I don't know. I mean, thank you for having me on. This is, I can't believe the time flew already. Um, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, thumbs up. All right, you guys, check him out. Matt Oren, mattoren.com, all the social medias. Get this book, get his other book, The Psychic Witch, because um, they'll go in for two different doors. And um, yeah, I, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt, uh, for joining us on The Witching Hour. Oh, thank you. It's been fun.